0: netcasts you love
1: from people you trust
0: this, this is twit bandwidth for security now is provided by aol radio at aol.com slash podcasting This is Security Now with Steve Gibson. Episode 83 for March 15, 2007. Vistas UAC. Security Now is brought to you by Astaro, makers of the Astaro Security Gateway on the web at www.astaro.com. And by Nerds on Site. Looking to grow your IT service business? Find out how Nerds on Site can help. Visit iwanttobeanerd.com. Time for security now, our favorite security podcast. Well, frankly, my only security podcast, but it's still my favorite. <laughs> uh, and and our, my favorite security guru is here, and that's for sure. And that's Mr. <laughs> Steve Gibson from GRC.com. Hi, Steve. Hey, Leo. Great to be back with you. We are, uh, we are of course, uh, going to talk about something new in a moment. Uh, the, actually, I'm very excited about this, the user access control, the UAC feature in Vista, and whether it really does protect you. But before we get to that, uh, do you have anything from previous episodes you would like to?
1: Believe, believe it or not, we've we, yes, we've basically <laughs> s- we we've basically snuck in an entire show on uh on maintaining full radio silence on Windows Wi-Fi.
0: Well, it started you know, when we were talking about this free public Wi-Fi that pops up on Windows from time to time, uh, and what it was, and how and how now Microsoft has offered a fix but never told anybody about it, and you have to explicitly download it. That's what we talked about last week. And if you didn't hear last week's episode, you should absolutely download that update.
1: Right. So that was our second mention. Then the week before episode 81, we had, we talked about, we we, we actually showed the dialogues required to, to turn off the functionality, which is sort of this promiscuous connect to anything that I hear. and, And also this this idea of broadcasting the the names of any networks you had connected to before, which by default Windows tries to do. Right. It turns out that it's it's trying to do that still even after you've got the update because Microsoft added a checkbox to one of the configuration dialogs, which is checked by default, and you have to go turn it off. So here in our fourth serialized... <laughs> how to get Wi-Fi just to shut up, um, we have additional instructions. People can, if they go to the show notes for this episode 83, I've got a link back to the new and enhanced instructions for the, that are over now on episode 81's notes. So episode 81 show notes are enhanced with this additional <clears throat> information and this episode links back to those. So this is so, if you installed the
0: patch that Microsoft offered in November to fix wireless zero config, it there's still
1: it's still promiscuous unless you uncheck yeah, this box.: Yes, it is it, there is a, a box which is uh, which enables it to connect to networks which are not broadcasting. And so if the networks are not broadcasting, then your computer does. <laughs> I mean, it's just like. And okay. this is—is is this ad
0: hoc only, or is it infrastructure networks as well?
1: Uh, it's both. Oh wow! And and so anyway, the 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 idea is, you know, and in fact, I realized, okay, I started using the the term maintaining full radio silence. Yeah,
0: that's a good way you know? to talk about it. Yeah,
1: as the you know the the famous jargon, and you know, I mean, that's what we want. We want to be able to carry a laptop around if we forget to disable. Our Wi our Wi-Fi. We don't want it sending out stuff of any sort. We want full radio silence. And so it turns out that following the instructions that are now on the show notes for 81, with the update which we talked about in 82, which we're all pulling together now in 83, when we first opened the topic in 80, we basically we, we basically snuck in a whole a whole security now episode on. Maintaining full radio silence. I should just for, take those chunks and edit them together and we'd have episode uh,
0: 84 ready to go.
1: And then the other news is we had a, a second Tuesday of the month with no major uh, Windows security updates. Wow.
0: Now, that doesn't but, mean there were no major Windows security flaws, we've learned. Uh-huh. And, and often Microsoft will just uh, say, well, a patch isn't ready or we're we're not going to elect to ship it out. Uh, as I remember, I saw uh, that, in fact, there were several critical flaws in XP, at least, uh, that Microsoft wasn't ready to patch yet. So those flaws are still there. Uh, presumably, it'll be patched next Tuesday. But I don't think anybody said there are any flaws in Vista. And that's that's actually very encouraging news.
1: Well, and I don't think they'll be patched next Tuesday because, I mean, I mean oh, I, you meant n- next month? Next patch, Tuesday. Yeah, next right, patch Tuesday. right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, Microsoft's right. doing
0: it the second Tuesday of every month now
1: unless there's something really serious going on and sometimes they'll they'll do a quick patch and of course several times i guess it was last year we saw them do that where yeah. they would catch up they said okay you know this will not wait for our standard monthly cycle we've got to get right. this done now
0: well i'm i i have to say and we're going to talk about it today a little bit about windows vista security but uh i am encouraged you know vista's been out now officially for more than a month almost a couple of months and uh I haven't seen any major exploits. There have been, of course, people have been attacking the Windows authentication. um, But, you know, that's, I don't care about that so much. Uh, Well,
1: in fact, I think it was on one of your other podcasts you were talking about, or it might have been Dignation, where, uh, anyway, so one of these podcasts I I heard mentioned that there was now a a tool that would generate valid uh, keys for installing Vista and that it was possible that, you know, somebody else could come along with an a, a correct key, right. which Microsoft would say, oh, I'm afraid that's already been used. You can't use that Yeah, no,
0: Actually, that I'll, to update you on that, uh, that we were talking about that on Windows Weekly, um, you and Paul, it turns yeah. out that was a scam, a bogus. A bogus. It was f- phony. And, and the people <sighs> who claimed to have actual keys generated by this thing were, were either lying, and the guy who wrote it admitted it. He said, you know what, 25 uh, characters, uh, mix of alpha and numeric too big for any key brute force key cracker to solve so uh, I i was i lied to you uh, uh however that doesn't mean that the hacks don't continue there's now a bios hack uh to to change the to to disable authentication so um the, the hackers go on trying to crack into windows vista and everything i've heard about this latest one is that it does in fact uh work and it doesn't have that really you know somebody pointed out that this this key cracker if it had worked would wouldn't be stealing from Microsoft it would be stealing from other users because right. you'd you'd be coming up with a serial number that these other users might in fact legitimately have right yeah anyway uh, that's that's where the hacking seems to be going on but but so far uh, I haven't heard I don't know have you of any uh, exploits uh, against Vista which is very well, encouraging
1: well well okay yes um it's encouraging but it's also predictable for example you know we know that So many problems we had with Windows 2000, well, certainly 95, 98, uh, Windows 2000, I don't even want to talk about ME, uh, and, and even XP were due to the fact that Microsoft just seemed so slow about getting a clue about how to make a Windows system safe on the net. All you have to do is have a firewall. And as we know, XP had it, but it was disabled by default finally with service pack 2 they turned it on it's like it's funny i mean i'm seeing this pattern and i'm i'm recognizing though what the pattern means the, the pattern is a a means for sort of slowly but surely creeping forward with good security hallelujah and and, the, and well yes and this actually feeds directly into today's topic because i've spent a lot of time researching something that I promised that we would talk about because I knew there was a lot there and that's this UA, the UAC, the user account control. And because it's, it's more than just the annoying dialogue that pops up, there's a ton of, of stuff going on back there. And when I look at what Microsoft had to do to implement this, the solutions they have, I mean, I can understand why Vista took so long, even though they threw out all the other goodies that they were promising to have in so-called Longhorn, which was the, the, you know, the backroom code name for a long time, There's, there's really a lot there. But, for example, Vista, of course, maintains XP Service Pack 2's default enabling of the firewall. Well, that means that you don't have this problem of open ports that we've always had until, well, a router would be in front, that would be a solution, but obviously lots of people, you know, several years ago during the all of the worms on the net, they didn't yet have home routers, and, and in fact, I don't know at the time whether we were yet promoting the idea of a router as an affirmative hardware security measure. I think still then we were talking about software firewalls, so, you know, certainly people who added software firewalls to their system, or made sure XP's disabled-by-default firewall was enabled, they were much more secure. Well, finally, we got that built in with Service Pack 2, and essentially, that sort of whole set of problems is resolved now. They're just That's just not going to be a problem. But what's interesting to me is that this is sort of the trend that we see with Microsoft, where... New, better technology is put in, but it's not enabled initially. Be, sort of because they want to warn everyone: right. this is coming. Right. They don't want to break and,
0: everything, but yes. they do want to implement it. So they give you a little yes.
1: heads up. And, and, a, and a perfect example: we've talked, of course, extensively about hardware DEP data execution prevention that I'm so bullish about, which now exists. Um, you know, both in XP and being given a lot more attention in in vista what what i've seen as i've looked at it more is for example uh one of uh, a very popular image viewing program called Urfin view right it turns out it won't run with depth turned on it's because it uses an exe packer an executable compression program called pack aspack and the this it makes sense that it wouldn't, because naturally a an executable compressor has got to decompress the executable, so it allocates a bunch of data memory into which it decompresses the compressed executable and then it runs it. Well it's running a a data allocation, which is exactly what DEP is designed to stop. On the other hand, UPX, which is the sort of the actually the, the leading and most popular XE compressor, it's DEP compatible because those guys realized, hey, when we allocate this memory, we should mark the pages as executable, in which case DEP has no problem with it. So that's a great example of how a program might stumble over DEP, but how it's also possible to do the same thing. In a DEP friendly fashion. Now, why well, doesn't
0: a hacker just mark his pages executable and avoid the problem himself? Well, because he's got
1: to be running ah. in order to mark them.
0: So he he can't run out of the he can't run the code until he can run the code. Exactly, <laughs> I, I exactly. It. Yeah.
1: So so it's so it's the perfect example, and we in fact we see this a lot. For example, the that you know when when Vista pops up the user account control screen the whole screen darkens and you get this highlighted dialog that you have to say you know continue or cancel on in order to to allow the, this permission or not well it's been noted that you know malware could fake that screen in order to get users to type in administrative credentials and so from that standpoint it it sort of represents an achilles heel of user account control cuz with user account control you're constantly if you're not running as an admin user you're constantly having to type in your admin credentials to prove that you know you have admin rights that are just you're not flexing those muscles right now which raises the exposure of those credentials but but then the point the the the, the counterpoint to that is well yes but malware has to be running in your system in order to allow it to spoof user account control and what user account control prevents is the ins- is the inadvertent uh, installation of malware in the first place. Hey, before so, we get
0: too far into the discussion of user account control, because I'm very interested in this, should we pause for a uh, station break? Sure. And uh, we'll get back to it in just a second. But I do want to mention uh, our sponsors, as we are talking about security. Astaro Security Gateways, version 7, has come out. And man, what a major update. I mean, a lot of neat new features you're going to take a look at. Uh, Of course, you know, the Astaro Security Gateway is a a device uh, that runs software that gives you a complete solution, soup to nuts for security. I mean, everything from VPN to to hacking uh, intrusion detection. Uh, You get email security, antivirus, anti-spyware. You get web filtering. You get spam protection. All of that in an easy-to-use device and all, of course, the network protection stuff that you'd expect. But now, with version 7, there's some new features, a centralized email encryption strategy, which means you get email encryption and decryption at the device instead of at the desktop, so your users is completely transparent for them, a great way to implement S-MIME or OpenPGP standards. It now has SSL on VPN, yay, scalable via clustering, so you can get as many as 10 Astaro security gateways working together to really give you uh, and without load balancing, I mean, to really give you some uh, some powerful growth capabilities. And this is the thing for home users that I'm very excited about. You know, in the past, you've always offered the Staro Gateway, security gateway software, so you could put it on your own beige box machine. It's an open source distribution. Uh, but now, and in the past, what they've done is they've charged you 79 euros and you'd have a subscription to all the other features, the web filtering, the spam, the updates for the antivirus and this anti-spyware. Well, they've they've waived that Subscription fee if you're uh, 10 users or 10 IP addresses and uh, up to 1,000 concurrent connections. So it's for home users, it's now completely free for all of the goodies Astaro can offer. This is really a great deal. If you want to know more about Astaro, uh, visit their website, A-S-T-A-R-O dot com. A-S-T-A-R-O dot com. Or call 877, the number four Astaro, and they'll schedule a free trial of an Astaro security gateway in your business. We thank Astaro for their support of security now. So, you know, some people complain sometimes about that user account control uh, screen, the fact that it, it's a separate screen. For instance, I notice some programs don't work. I use a, uh, a program called Synergy that allows me to share my mouse and keyboard over the network, and it's befuddled by that screen. I guess that's also to defeat some hacking.
1: Yes, in fact, it, it's, it's much more going on there than meets the eye. Let me finish with this, with the sort of the concept that I was that I was. Um, oh, I'm uh, sorry, I mean to interrupt no, no, you. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Urfin um, uh, of Erfin View fame is now under tremendous pressure. Yes. To get Erfin to be compatible with Depp, so even though it's disabled by default, some early adopters like all the people we're preaching to are turning Dep on they're discovering Earth and views incompatible they're sending him support email Good. saying hey this doesn't work something so he could fix it's, easily i'm sure it and and it's funny because i saw someone forwarded me his response which and i'm not sure sh- what sure what his native language is but it was pretty clear it's not english and he was like, What's what's going on all of a sudden? Everyone's complaining about this. You know, and I'm thinking, well, can you say security now? And and the importance of turning on hardware depth. So 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 this is an exactly analogous thing to certainly what happened back in the early days of software firewalls. Early adopters who were security conscious turned this on and they were the people who were aware enough to understand sort of, you know, the 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 UI co- uh, um, complexity and sort of the downside of being an early adopter, they put pressure on anything that was incompatible to get it fixed. So essentially the way was paved for Microsoft then to come along later and do a firewall built into Windows that would just be able to be turned on. So similarly, here Microsoft has DEP and thanks to, us bringing it it, it to attention, and of course, with Vista's increased security, there is now pressure on developers of applications which are not DEP friendly to fix that. So, what I can absolutely foresee is that some point in the future, DEP will be enabled by default, but it won't be until... All of the early adopters have put pressure on applications and sort of moved incompatibility from more of the well, yeah, that's another problem. So it's not worth turning DEP on. They've we've essentially moved it to where DEP incompatible or unfriendly programs are enough in the minority that it's sort of more their fault for being unDEP friendly okay. rather than, than than expected. So so and 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 we'll as we talk here about user um account control that' there's all kinds of aspects of what Microsoft has done in Vista, which as I have explored it, I've come to the conclusion that you know slow as Microsoft is you know glacial in fact in moving, it's very clear to me with Vista that they they really got it I mean they the light finally lit up and said, security is the big deal. We have got to resolve this. And, you know, I mean, this was essentially Jim Alchin's final gift to Microsoft. He was there for 17 years, and, and he resigned the moment Vista went out the door. He said, I am done, hmm. because he was, he was the head of this project with a, with a long, deep career in networking and understanding this stuff. And you know, and, and what, what we end up with is, is essentially a system, which throughout the system, it's putting pressure on developers. It's doing it gently, just as the the existence of DEP does, sort of in the background. But there is pressure nonetheless. A perfect example is what you were just saying about how people are are upset or complaining about this UAC, the User Account Control permission dialog. Popping up so much it turns out that you can an application developer can completely control that so that it isn't popping up when oh. it's not necessary. Oh. but by default, unless you mark your application as UAC aware, then Microsoft falls back to the default behavior of of like essentially popping it up too much. Because your application hasn't provided the granularity which is available in Windows. A perfect example is is my little Securable app that I wrote a couple months ago. I made it Vista compatible by specifically appending what's called an application manifest to the executable to declare that this thing needs administrative privileges because as we'll remember I am installing explicitly briefly I'm installing a a kernel driver in order to access the chipset's hardware directly in order to to get underneath um, any disabling that the BIOS or Windows may have done I want to actually see what the hardware is telling me the only way to do that is from ring 0 in the kernel so Securable announces right up front hey I'm gonna need admin privileges so anyone attempting to run Securable in Vista is immediately presented with this UAC dialogue well it would be possible and Microsoft provides complete documentation for for making that more granular so that for example you could run Securable and if there were more to it I mean basically you run securable and it simply shows you the results so there was no ui process to go through which is why i have that dialog the user account control dialog presented right up front but for example it's very possible for a more complex application not to show you that dialog until you actually do something that will at that you know in that user interface event will will need those kind of privileges a perfect example is setting the clock if you look under Vista at the just the standard old clock setting dialogue the button that you have to push to change the time has a little shield on it that shield over time will come to be associated in users minds with "oh, this is user account control so Microsoft has designed an icon which can be attached to buttons which appl- just to sort of show users, if you push this, we're going to ask you. And so it creates a little bit of sort of interactivity, I mean, even pre-pushing interactivity, because the user can can adopt the expectation that they're going to be asked for credentials, that they're not logged in as an admin user. So, So the idea is that all of these things, they put pressure on the developers. You know, your application can be more friendly if you do the following things well in the process it is substantially more secure also and so what will happen is this will this behavior will end up over time pervading applications which become vista aware and so this whole notion of needing admin privileges will be diminished the other thing is that because now even people running as admin users are being prompted to confirm again the application experience is 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 the motivation that developers have to minimize their use of admin privileges it turns out microsoft's analysis of many applications showed them that most apps really don't even need admin privileges it's just they were sort of they were inexpertly, or I should say casually, written so that, well, you know, what the heck, I'm running as an admin, we know most users run as an admin, so we won't pay much attention to that. Well, thanks to Vista not even running admins as admins, which I'll talk about in a second, it turns out that all applications which were sort of assuming admin privilege even when they didn't need it, they're now Popping up these dialogues, which can be easily pre- pre- um, prevented just by having the developer pay more attention to whether admin privileges are really necessary or not, and I mean just that simple this little bit of pressure is going to end up changing the experience it's going it's going to make applications more friendly under vista by by essentially never showing this user account control dialogue because there was a little pressure on the, app, on the application writers to do the right thing. So by and default, so
0: it, the application, if the application writer doesn't do anything, uh, opts for the highest level of security. Just assumes that you have no access to do anything.
1: Well, yes, and, and Microsoft recognizes that there are apps, old apps, for example, that are no longer being maintained, companies have gone out of business. You, know, you still want to be able to run those securely. So if the application doesn't identify itself as being Vista aware, then Microsoft defaults to the behavior which we're seeing from most existing applications at Vista launch time, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, this is a lot in your face. It's not Not too bad. I have to
0: say it isn't too bad. Uh, I I think, though, that really it does respond to a problem that I've seen in both uh, XP and Windows 2000 of applications not running at all if you're not an admin.
1: Yes, and in, and in fact, that was what Securable was doing. When I was first running Securable, it was failing silently. And I thought, wait a minute, you know, that's not good. So it wasn't, it didn't have admin privileges. And rather than asking for them, I was I was performing some calls. What Microsoft has done is a little bit of a problem because they are, they're, they're silently failing some low level calls without letting the application know that this thing it tried to do didn't work i guess they're trying to be a little bit tricky but you know or 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 clever in in order to to prevent malware from knowing that something it wanted to do hasn't happened there there's a there are many layers to this they've got something called um uipi the user interface privilege isolation, which is another new thing in Vista. We've never had it before. It's, again, really uh, a long time in coming, but will do a lot to enhance desktop security. The idea is that they've added a new abstraction for applications called integrity levels. You can have low, medium, high, or system integrity. And many things... uh, that go on in terms of the system communication depend upon the level of integrity. For example, a a lower integrity process cannot um, validate a window handle, which is something that goes on in the API of a process with higher integrity. You cannot send it a message or post a message to a process with a a higher integrity level. Um, there are other things that hackers often do known as a- attaching a thread or a journal hook to an application and injecting DLLs is a, is a common means for for sticking a D- one of your own DLLs into a privileged application and getting it to run there. All these things were fundamental, I mean long-standing, fundamental, serious security problems in Windows. So Microsoft is sort of inching forward. They they couldn't turn that stuff off because it would break too many things. So they said, okay, let's create a new abstraction, this notion of how much we trust applications. And so, for example, Internet Explorer runs at the lowest level of integrity, as does email applications, because they're communicating and they're they're more potential vectors for trouble. So those programs have absolutely no need to be reaching out and touching other applications on the desktop. But by default, Windows was designed, for example, a macro recorder could, could attach to another process and send it keystrokes. That's how macro um, recorders and, and macro playback operates, is you're able to sort of send messages to, an app, to a program as if you were the user typing things or, or, or clicking the mouse well malware is able to do that also in order to to cause you know obviously malicious things to happen so this long standing behavior again microsoft is slowly turning down the or, you know tightening the screws on this saying wait a minute for for things that are we don't trust as much we're going to limit their ability to access other programs well now this will break some things microsoft is is unable, as we've seen, for example, with the kernel patch protection, they're unable to simply shut down all kernel modification in 32-bit windows as they have for 64. So they're saying, look, we're going to be really resistant to this kind of behavior and, and sort of try to moderate how much they push back. But what's very clear as you look at what Microsoft has done throughout Windows Vista is there is some finally some real pushback from the OS onto applications saying, look, it's time for us all to clean up our act. It's time for us to start behaving ourselves. And you can you can read the handwriting on the wall that this is going to be increasingly enforced over time until eventually leo i i can say i can foresee the the time when windows ends up being the most secure operating system around what i'm really hearing you say is, it actually explains a
0: lot the people like chris perillo who have decided to go back they they don't want to use vista they're going back to xp because so much stuff doesn't work what they're really running up against is uh what we've always said all along you, you, it's a trade-off security for convenience and in security for compatibility and uh in a way it's encouraging to me that vista is not compatible with some of these applications it can't be if it wants to be secure
1: well yes and in fact we also hear i mean i did a lot of research i i've heard um in, in fact even our friend uh jo- joanna rutuska who are are who created the the blue pill system she's poked around at UAC some, and she commented that initially, that well, first of all, that this, one of her main systems she's using all the time is Vista. She's moved over to it, and she was seeing that she was getting the UAC pop-up a lot initially, and that it quieted down. It stopped being a problem. And so I think it's it's clear that it's also a function of what kind of user you are. Certainly Chris is a power user. He's installing things all the time. He's experimenting with stuff. He's, you know, he's a different profile than your typical, you know, buy a new Dell laptop at, you know, Circuit City. And basically take it home and plug it in and don't do anything with it because it's got all the stuff in it already that you need.
0: Well, and, and that's so, what I've been saying. If you're getting a new computer and, and you don't have legacy hardware and software, absolutely go with Vista. And if you're not, if you're upgrading, you might want to wait just because of these compatibility issues.
1: Well, again, I, I, for, you know, for myself, I'm happy at XP And I also saw. Well, you were happy in two
0: thousand until about a month ago.
1: (laughs) In fact, you still run two
0: thousand, don't you?
1: I, I, in fact, I'm sitting in front of two thousand. I was a little annoyed that Microsoft chose not to update the time zone change during our 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 recent uh, daylight savings time shift. You know, the Windows two thousand is still under their critical care, whatever the heck they call it. You know, where you know major security things get fixed, but non important things don't get fixed. Which they could have easily done, but I think it's you know some pressure from Microsoft to say, okay, come on here, uh, man. They're not telling me to move forward, but they're telling you know the industry it's time to start moving away from Windows 2000.
0: Yeah, uh, although there's no technical reason. I mean, all of that all that daylight savings time update is, is is simply changing a setting for when summertime begins. There's no there's no need to vet that or test it. it it's just push it out. Yeah. So it's very blatantly, if you ask me. Uh, commercial pressure to upgrade, yeah, for I, no technical, I, I, no technical
1: reasons. I think that's clearly what was going on. Yeah. But again, just just to make sure, I made myself clear. I could see Chris backing away from Vista and essentially allowing other people to get the arrows in their backs, and like essentially solve these problems. It makes sense to wait for applications to mature for the Vista environment. I mean, they're you know as, as I really came to understand as i looked at what was going on here i realized you know these are deep changes when we talked about this um the incompatibility you experience with like remote control mm-hmm. of the secure desktop it is explicitly the case that that the secure desktop even though it sort of just looks like the desktop got dim and a dialog was was allowed to run at you know sort of like in the foreground What's actually happening is the, that desktop bitmap is copied and the desktop is switched to a secure environment where nothing but system applica- n- n- nothing but system code is able to have any contact with that desktop. So application code, which is normally what you have running, for example, keystroke macro recorders and, and playback and so forth that are using Windows hooks in order to control applications remotely, and certainly, you know, keyboard and mouse remoting, those things lose, they have, they have no connection to this secure desktop. And the reason Microsoft did this is they wanted to prevent, obviously, malware from clicking continue before the user is able to click cancel if this has been presented by malware trying to install itself. Right. So, so you know, it 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 really is... A substantial change. Now, uh, Joanna, in examining this, use, this user account control stuff, she spotted something which really annoyed her, which was in order for Microsoft not to break installers, they've done this bizarre stuff, Leo. Literally, if you run any program that contains the word install or setup or update in the file name, Vista looks at the file name, the executable file name, and if it says, if it has install or setup or update or many other things like uh, specific vendors or company names, product names, keywords in the, in the executable, specific uh, strings wow. in, the, in, in the environment, any of these things will trigger Vista to decide you're running an installer which should have admin privileges. Now, it's funny because
0: I don't expect a hacker to put the word setup, update, install into their software or even name it such, do you?
1: Well, again, I mean, it, it's a perfect door for a Trojan to, you know, ba- basically trick somebody into running a Trojan Oh, Pro you make Cam. it look
0: like a standard installer, of course, yeah.
1: Exactly. And And essentially, for anything that looks like an installer... Vista completely drops its guard. And Joanna's complaint was anything that with those words in the name, for example, can install drivers in the kernel. And so it's like, well, okay, but that's what a setup program may need to do. It may need to legitimately install drivers in the kernel. And so I guess the, you know, Microsoft's response again is, well, wait a minute. We asked you if you wanted to run this program. So, it's we've prevented it from happening behind your back and that's the whole point is you know we're going to prompt you to make sure this is what you want to do um and, and again it's it's microsoft fighting the you know the 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 need to not break old things while waiting for them to catch up for example once all the installers and installer systems around have been caught up microsoft can can quietly back off on this sort of flaky heuristic approach to solving the problems of the past and and again putting more pressure on these things to update in order for those programs to identify themselves as installers that explicitly need um uh, admin admin privileges in order to run right right so it's it i mean it's uh, essentially i'm I'm very impressed with what Microsoft has done. Um, even you know, we, we've also commented how even users who do run Vista as an admin, you know, your typical ah, I don't need no stinking you know limited accounts guys. And that's even the default, they,
0: by the way. It's a, it encourages you to make a user account, but it doesn't require it. And
1: actually, the way it works by default, Leo, is the first account you create is one of these you know sort of limited admin accounts. Successive accounts are user accounts. Right, right. Yeah, by by. But if you only, and
0: most people just create one account, though, that's my point, and that that account will be an admin account.
1: Yes, it will. Now, what's interesting, though, is that logon, two separate tokens, two separate privileged tokens are actually created by the operating system. It creates a privileged user, but it also creates what they call a filtered standard user and that's what everything you do runs under ah is, so you really because, aren't
0: running as an admin if, even if you're running as an admin
1: yes that that is what's so cool, and that's it's one of the things that I didn't understand is that you you are you absolutely are not running with admin privileges, even when you log on as an administrator you get this this filtered limited standard user token, and that's the that's the privilege under which explorer exe not not internet explorer explorer exe the main desktop shell which is the the parent process for everything else you do that is running as a standard user and and it's it's called a filtered um token because what happens is windows is watching for things asking this token for for heightened privileges and so the the more privileged admin token, the real admin token, does still exist. And that's what Windows will switch to if you satisfy it by saying, yes, I want to proceed with installing, you know, whatever it is you're doing. But by default, even an admin user under Vista is running as a standard user. Do
0: you know of any attempts to hack UAC to get around it? It sounds like UAC provides a very good barrier, but of course... With any barrier, uh, it might be possible to to just ignore it uh, to get around it.
1: Well, and certainly that is the attack surface that we can we can imagine hackers will be going after. They're not going to go the,
0: straight in; they're going to have to go
1: around. Exactly. One of the things that I have seen as I'm as I've looked at at what Microsoft has done is that all the things that all of us have known have like have always been wrong with Windows. They have fixed this notion of inter the, the, the two easy inter application communications. Well, they've created this integrity level concept to like to mitigate that threat and, and to prevent DLL injection while, while still not breaking it completely. They've made it less accessible. And, you know, certainly um, data execution prevention and the address space layout randomization ASLR to, to make things load in unknown, uncertain locations to prevent hackers from being able to jump to code at known, fixed locations in the system. I mean, basically, they've they've sat back and they've looked at everything wrong, and with Windows Vista, they said, okay, we can't just lock down on this because things will break, but we're going to make it very clear that we are in the process of locking down on these things, which is why i'm so encouraged i mean i you know i'm as you know i'm I've been very rough on Microsoft historically about their lack of care and lack of concern. I was you know pulling my hair out with raw sockets and and so for so long they just kept running with no firewall enabled and and active exploitable services, open ports exposed to the internet. you know those things are fixed, and this it, what what Vista represents. Is a major psychological mindset change about where Windows is going. I mean, it is, I'm not surprised that Chris Perillo has backed off from it because it's so new. And they, I mean, what he's feeling is he's feeling that pressure. I expect that three or four years from now, it'll be a much, well, when I'm ready to move to it, it'll be a much better experience because that pressure will have will have rippled backwards through the application community and and application providers wanting their stuff just to work seamlessly they will have fixed things to be vista compatible and and in the meantime i'm happy with xp
0: now let me ask a question because a couple of podcasts ago you were worried about vista's virgin stack that completely rewritten stack that at least in beta was making some mistakes that uh, had been fixed in earlier versions of windows any evidence that the the stack is providing a, a weakness
1: well it's not providing a static weakness by which I mean because of the firewall in front of it it's there's no access to it. There is still the problem that once you've got a connection open, there could be some packet level uh, connectivity problems, but we haven't heard of anything yet. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up with some some funky way that a malicious server could send you bad packets. The problem is they couldn't be unsolicited. They have to be solicited. And, you know, that, so that's a much lower attack surface than what we saw before. For example, w- with Unix, with no firewall running by default and just all these services running, and, and, and you know, in the very early days of, of the Unix stack where all these exploits and, and mistakes were first being made. So you know, Microsoft, even though they've got this unproven stack, which which worries me, um, it's much less easy to get access to it from the outside. Yeah. Well, I have to say, uh, I'm I'm
0: excited, and I'm uh, you know I've been very happy running Vista uh, uh, both in emulation on my Mac and uh, on uh, on uh, at least one of my PCs. I can't run it on another one because uh, Adobe Audition does not work with Vista. Yep. It doesn't seem to have any uh, timeline when it will. Somebody told me that. Well, and,
1: and, and you, you know, it totally makes sense, too, because as we know, Vista completely revamps the whole audio right. subsystem in right. order to add DRM.
0: I'm sure it's a it's a major thing to rewrite, and, and it's based on old code, uh, cool Edit Pro. So uh, I have a feeling it may be that, uh, in fact, some have indicated that perhaps Adobe won't even do an audition for Vista, but just start a whole new application uh, like SoundBooth uh, from scratch. We do want to thank uh, right now our great friends at Nerds on Site who are celebrating, I'm sad to say, their last episode with Security Now. If you are a nerd, they need nerds to service their customers. Visit IWantToBeANerd.com. Nerds on Site are looking for nerds with all competencies and skills, from PC and Mac experts to specialties like Cisco. Cisco not, sis, not Cisco, Cisco. Cisco is a movie reviewer. And Oracle. Actually, I think I combine Cisco and Oracle to make one one thing. You name it, they need it. Fixing technicians, web designers, programmers, project managers, even you don't have to, You could be a sales nerd, a trainer, a, a security expert like Steve, antivirus gurus. The list goes on. They especially love nerds who like to troubleshoot, tear apart, and rebuild their own systems in their spare time. Nerds are independent contractors. You're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. And that's what's so cool about Nerds On Site you could focus on your passion and not the burdens of running a business all over the world seven countries 256 uh, different con- uh, competencies in that university of university of nerdology visit iwanttobeanerd.com and register for a nerds only meeting in your area today great people we really are glad uh, that they uh, stopped off and spent some time with uh, us on security now and wish them all the best in the future iwanttobeanerd.com uh, boy, this is, this is you know, I have a feeling Microsoft is going to want to publish this podcast on their website. You go to grc.com, Microsoft, you get a transcript. You can also, uh, everybody can do that. A 16 kilobit version for the bandwidth impaired. I know Bill Gates doesn't yet is, uh, have broadband, so maybe you want to go to grc.com. That's also where Steve stores all his great security programs like the new Securable, Decombobulator, Unplug and Pray, and of course Shields Up. Is, have you crossed 50 million users yet? No,
1: well, we're approaching we're that. Close. That's, going to be, that's going to be a bigger event. We'll do a
0: party. Yeah. Uh, GRC.com. And, of course, that's where Spinrite lives, too. Everybody's favorite, my favorite, disc recovery and maintenance utility. If you've got a hard drive, you need Spinrite at GRC.com.
1: Next week, it's uh, question and answer time. Yep. Got to- yep. We'll, we'll, we'll do a dozen of our listeners' questions and answers. And to answer the question that they ask, uh, how to send that, you go to grc.com slash security now. That brings up our main and growing Security Now page. Scroll all the way to the bottom, and there's a web form. Just fill it out. You can put a name and uh, and tell us wh- where about you're calling from. Send your, uh, you know, click the send button to, to post it to me. I'll receive it, and uh, we'll we'll get to it next week.
0: Thank you, Steve. Have a great, safe, secure week, and we'll see you next time on Security Now. Security
1: now.